Holy Spirit, we pray not because it's the thing to do before we share brief words, but because I desperately need you and my friends do too. So aim these brief words to the hearts of me and my friends and let these words aimed well by you aim us back toward Jesus. We are weak, you are strong. We are half-hearted, you are full-hearted. Do it because you love us, do it because you love Jesus, do it because you're good. Do it because we need it. Pray this in his name and power, amen. Just a few brief words, a a thought or two about what we've been singing. There are a lot of things that little children naturally do really well. It's been one of the legitimately greatest things of my life to get to live with four little children. Nobody ever has to teach a child or model certain things for them. There's no classes. They just come out of the womb as experts. Nobody has to train a little child to trust its mom or dad. First few minutes out, they just naturally cling and hold on. And they stop crying when mom is near, mostly when mom is near. (laughs) Nobody has to teach a child how to pretend. Nobody has to sit a kid down and say, this is what an imagination is. Here's how you create worlds that don't exist and go inhabit them and play in them. That conversation's never been had. There's never been a kindergarten class or seminar titled How to Play. So it seems, made in an image of a playful God, we're just naturally good at playing. But you know what kids are garbage at? I've never met a kid once who waits well. Never. So whether it's waiting for snack time or dessert or summer break or Christmas, they just don't wait well. Um, Do you remember when you were a little kid how long December felt? If you grew up celebrating Christmas? Over Thanksgiving break last week, at various points throughout the week, I heard all four of my children walk up to our Google home in our living room and say, hey, Google, how many days till Christmas? And Google would dutifully report back, 37 days until Christmas is celebrated in the United States of America. And then from my you know, little five-year-old up to my eight-year-old, I hear this groan, ugh, it's taking forever. So kids don't wait well, and therefore it's very very hard to teach a child to wait. In fact, I think it's so hard that most of us never learn. So is waiting hard for you? I don't wait well. Because as I was thinking about tonight, and I knew that I wanted to talk about this theme I was also waiting on a package of tools that I ordered. And unfortunately, it was sent via FedEx, which means that tracking number is just a joke. (laughs) 
checking it every two hours every day. And for four days, it was in Athens from Kentucky in transit. Never out for delivery. No. Four days late. And it was a minor crisis in my life. I don't wait well in the big things either. When am I going to be self-disciplined? I'm 41. When am I going to move there and grow? When am I going to have as many friends and as deep of relationships as I've always dreamed you would have at this stage of life? When will I grow out of selfish habits? When will I be a better husband, a better father, a better friend, a better pastor? I don't wait well there either. Some of you are here tonight, and life's not heavy right now. You're waiting on finals. You're waiting on them being over. You're waiting on Christmas break. You're waiting on a package. Some of you came tonight, and you're waiting on big things. You're groaning because of the wait. You're waiting on your family to heal. And you're starting to realize, if it ever happens, it might be a decade. Some of you are wondering, will the dark memories of trauma ever soften? Or is what I feel right now going to be the rest of my life? Some of you are very, really waiting on seeing a dad or a mom that you've lost again in heaven. And you might not talk about them every day, but you sure think about them every day, and you wait. And at age 20 or 22 or 24, it feels like a long time, too long. Some of you wonder, who will I have to talk to? Where are they? And what has to happen for this mental darkness to lift? For creatures who are created by a God who exists outside of time, inside time, created inside time, it means that waiting is part of being human. It's as human as love or romance or music or play or building things. Waiting is deeply human because we exist inside of time. But when it comes to waiting, it seems to me the critical piece is do you trust the person you're waiting on or not? Doesn't that seem to be the critical question? I probably had an experience a lot of you had. There was a time in my life where I didn't get picked up on time either. My memory, it's soccer practice. And it was one time. My mom's probably watching. Thanks, Mom, for picking me up all those years. But um, there was one soccer practice where I guess she got caught in traffic or something, but she wasn't there, and it was me and the coach. I watched every other kid get picked up. And it's that awkward moment where you're like, so is this random coach supposed to drive me home, or is this when the police come, or like, what do we do next? And then my mom pulls in and apologizes and says it was traffic. But I knew my mom. There is no barrier that would have kept her from coming 
to get me. None. I knew that. No doubt in my mind. I just didn't know when. I didn't know when she was coming. I had no doubt that she would come because I knew her and I trusted her because a thousand times before she had come. She arrived, she appeared, she was there. So in the time when I was groaning and waiting on her, I could afford to wait. When I reflect back on reasons friends of mine or students of ours over the years have left the faith and left Jesus, I would say in the top three is not waiting well. And you can't wait well if you don't trust the one you're waiting on because you think he's bad. And you can't trust him to appear again and to come again and to meet you again if you haven't seen him meet you time and time and time again in the past. Or if you don't know him here tonight or you're new to knowing God, if you haven't seen him in your friends' lives, in Bella's life, Meet real people just like you time and time again, showing up, showing up, showing up, even in the times when they thought he wasn't. I think it's one of the top reasons people leave God. In their wait and in their groaning, they've concluded he's bad, he's indifferent, he's not the kind of God who shows up in anybody real, their story or their lives. And I don't want to minimize that and sound like I'm just critiquing that, I say that as an observation. But what affords you to wait on God? Did you catch how much we've sung about waiting just already? I think we're gonna sing about it again in O Holy Night. We're about to sing a line that says, long lay the world, long lay you in sin and error, pining, which is an old word for waiting, hungering, thirsting, longing. Our first song, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, captive me free. But we also sang, and the lines right after that, rejoice, rejoice, O Israel, he has come. And we, we will sing in a minute after we sing, Long lay the world in sin and error pining until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices. You exist inside of time, which means we wait. Which means we wait upon a God who's already come and appeared, and come, and appeared, and come, and appeared, and come, and appeared, and come, and appeared, who's shown up, not always on time from our estimation, but always at the right time. And yet, we still wait, and we still groan for him to come finally and fully, once for all, where we don't have to live by faith anymore, but we live by sight. Where we don't need hope because we are in that future reality, that life with him forever. In real life, we're not hoping for it, we're in it. 
Paul talks about this tension in Romans 5. I just want to read a few verses for you briefly and we'll be done. Sorry, Romans 8. Romans 8. Listen to Paul say what I just said. Paul says, For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For the creation itself, nature itself, waits with eager longing for the revelation of the sons and the daughters of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit of Jesus, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as children of God and the redemption of our bodies and I should say our minds and our souls and our families. For in this hope you were saved. In that hope you were saved. Listen to Paul say that we are the first fruits and that we have the first fruits of the Spirit which presumes there's more coming that we don't presently have our hands on. That's why there's hunger. That's why there's longing for God to finally come again and make it all right and make it all new and finish making people new. The first fruits. That's why we groan. But we groan as we wait on a God who has proven himself time and time again. And if you do not know him, you came with someone tonight who probably knows him. Sometime before you go home for Christmas, go get coffee with him and ask. Even as you groan, how is it that you can wait on this God? And let them tell you the stories, and maybe it'll be good for them. Maybe it will force them to remember and go revisit the stories of how God has, in fact, shown up on time when and where they needed him, with his grace, with his mercy, with his peace, with his power, with his presence. So we are people who rejoice because God has come in Jesus. Forgiveness is real and it is now. Innocence is real and it is now. God favoring you and befriending you and loving you and adopting you and drawing you near is real and it is now because he has appeared in Jesus and come. Reconciliation is now. It is real. It is here. Even as we groan and wait for the fullness of all those things to come when Jesus returns. The question for you, friends, is do you trust him? If you do, you can wait. These present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that is going to be revealed to us by this God who has a rock-solid reputation of coming and appearing. Let's pray. Jesus, you came in the fullness of time, which is to say you came at exactly the right time, but generation after generation waited upon you, waited upon you. I think of the genealogies 
Abraham, the father of 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 14 generations. And then there's Jesus. There's you who came, born of Mary, to redeem us. And even as you've come now, we wait, Lord, for your return. We wait for our bodies to be redeemed, for pain to go away. We wait for families to be healed. We wait for our souls to be fully healed and delivered and liberated. We wait for addictions to vanish and memories to fade. Help us trust you. Help us love you. Help us see your love for us. We pray it in your name.